0: welcome to the NDA podcast. We're here to challenge topics the industry has been keeping under waiver for years. Unfiltered conversation with no fear of being cancelled. Bringing creatives of different levels, different backgrounds and very different opinions together. Debating the issues we only dare discuss over our Twitter DMs. So get ready for some honesty because we're about to break all the NDAs. Hello everyone. So we've got a topic today that I've heard a lot of opinions about on our social channels. We're talking about the big old leap between being on the tools and then being in charge of a team. So welcome to NDA. This week's episode is moving on up to management. We have a really qualified crew to chat about it. Good mixture of creatives who have lived it, are living it, have witnessed people make the jump really well and also those who've done it not so successfully. A few different roles too from different kind of sectors of the creative industry so that's going to be super interesting. I'm going to stop yammering and let them introduce themselves so G do you want to kick off?
1: Yeah sure thanks Katie. So um, I'm Gerald but everyone calls me G. I'm uh, an ex- well, still kind of strategist, but now play the role of practice director at uh, a design uh, business called Re. Um, and I am I work in the Sydney office. So, yeah, that's me.
2: I'm Kim French. I work for a production company, video production company called Preen. I'm head of marketing. So, I do marketing across um, Preen and our other sort of uh, pillars of the business, which are studios and post production. But at the moment, I am managing a team as part of um, head of production so I'm kind of straddling two roles for various reasons that we'll get into.
3: I'm Maisie, I'm a senior designer at JKR in London um, and kind of currently figuring out what journey I want to go on um, and how my career could look.
0: Perfect. I'm Katie Cadwell. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the host as always for this and all future episodes. I'm kind of here to relay some of our followers' experiences and try and steer the conversation where I can. Uh, So I'm going to kick off with a pretty broad question. And actually I might put you on the spot, Maisie, and get you to kind of answer first. It's about progression and why do we think progression is important
3: it's, it is an interesting one isn't it i mean we you know we all want to feel like we're moving somewhere in our careers um i think as ambitious people and people that want to um kind of drive ourselves forward and i think one way of doing that is by job title and i think you know we talk about it not just being about linkedin and kind of updating your status but i think there's something innate in all of us that wants to feel like we're kind of moving forward and progressing with our career and i think you know, moving from kind of senior or, and it, you get it at every level. You get, you know, some people want to be called a junior and then move to midway and then move to senior and then progress up to say design director or design lead. But, you know, I think it's just inbuilt in us all to want to feel like we're almost ticking those boxes. Um, and it, I think it comes from, you know, it comes from very early on in our lives where we're almost taught that, you know, you go to school and you do these exams and you do this and, and life's always laid out. And then you get into this world of a job and suddenly those posts have kind of shifted and and the way forward isn't so um straight <laughs> and and I think that's kind of the position um that I definitely feel like I'm in now where it's like is that the right way forwards are there other ways forwards um how do you want it to go um and I think navigating that is is quite tricky sometimes
0: Yeah. So, G and Kim, you've kind of hit the (laughs) hit the top. Not saying that you don't have (laughs) further to go. Um, So, why has that progression been important to you?
2: In terms of hitting the top, yes, I suppose in many ways. I mean, I've been a company director at the company that I'm part of now. I've been part of the company for twelve years, and so company director like felt like yeah, the the top, and you know, having those kinds of being part of those decision-making processes about the company strategy and the company structure, you know, and and for a time it was less about the name of oh you know company director alongside my my other job title, and more about being involved in that part of the business. Like like you said Maisie, like that's a sort of you know you kind of feel like yeah like it's a, a tick list, like you've 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 made it in that particular aspect, but the reality of it certainly after a few years, was that it took me away from the aspects of the business that I loved, uh, i.e. doing the work. And it became a job unto itself that actually wasn't benefiting both me and the company. So 2019, so I think I became a company director in 2012. And then 2019, I said, no, I've had enough. (laughs) Um, And I was like, very much um I wasn't sure about that decision I I wasn't sure if it would mean that my career would take a step back in some way but actually it was the best decision that I had made and I still stand by it for three four years later that it allowed me to do my job better um it allowed me to think about what made me happy more and it took me away from decision making that I really didn't actually get a kick out of um certainly not not anymore
1: (laughs) yeah I guess I guess um to add to that I think management to Maisie's point you always want to be making that progression and I think um the world of work has made it that you know a, a symbol a symbol of that progression is that you manage teams and you manage people but I think management can mean lots of different things um so it could be just managing projects by yourself, or managing a team of individuals who have the, the same skill set as you, i.e., a designer or a strategist, um, versus managing a whole kind of business unit and you know looking after p and L and people and things like that. And so, I think, I think there's almost this one-dimensional view or a very basic view of what management is. But I think management is actually a really broad thing. And yeah, it, it is interesting that. In, in many creative professions and creative businesses, management almost kind of takes you further and further away from the thing that you that you really love and the thing that you're good at and the thing that you've got so many years experience in. So, yeah, I think collectively we almost kind of need a broader understanding or appreciation of what management actually entails and, and what it can be.
0: I saw a really good comparison, which is I think a lot of people can relate to, which is when you're in junior school and you hit year 6 and you're king of king and queen of the school and you're top dogs and then you move up to secondary school and you're kind of starting again and that upends some people but i think retaining talent so obviously we're you've all got some experience of working with junior teams do you need to because there maybe we're going to get on to kind of alternative roles rather than pushing people up into management but we tend to right that's the kind of the the general um, direction so do we need to do that to retain talent in our businesses
2: my thoughts on that is just it is genuinely about communication and we have an incredible generation coming up now into the industry who don't necessarily see success as being the top dog or managing a big team like you said G in terms of um what management means i think we also need to look at what success means and what that means to different people when a junior team or person is looking to progress their career that could mean a lot of different things to them and you just have to sit down and talk with them and it can change over time as well Um, I find it hard sometimes because people do ask like, well, what is the career progression? Like, you know, what's next after this role? And actually, yes, there's, you can, you know, we've talked about going from producer to head of production within our company, when in actual fact, that has not always proven to be the best career progression because the individual loves producing head of production is a very different role to producing you're not on set in the same way you're actually looking a lot of very admin based stuff so it might seem like the next step up and maybe you get paid a bit more but actually you're if you're not cut from that cloth in that way in that admin kind of managerial stuff you're not going to be happy you're not going to enjoy it so I think it's been clear to junior that There's, you know, you can go across, you can, um, you know, stay where you are, become more senior and do bigger projects. You don't necessarily have to go and manage the whole department.
3: I think there is something, though, in terms of titles and in terms of feeling like you, I think in a way, for me anyway, a title almost reassures me that I'm in a position where I can give a certain opinion or take a certain role in a project and I think the work, the work, the title of senior designer captures so much, you know, especially nowadays, like you see people who are, I sound so old, but I'm like, you see some people a few years out of uni calling themselves a senior designer and, you know, to me, that's not what the role is. I think it's, you know, to be a successful senior designer, I feel that you should be able to kind of lead projects, lead a team, have confidence in what you're saying and be able to direct people well to other people that might be a design director role and I think I think at a certain point the title does become something where I might not necessarily feel confident giving my opinion or feel I'm in a position to give my opinion because my title is say senior designer when someone else's title might appear higher in the hierarchy Um, and so I think it's an interesting one in terms of that progression like is there a role beyond senior where you're still creating do we, as an industry, kind of need to shift our perspective of what a senior designer is? Yeah, for me, I just think it's quite an interesting one, just in terms of language and and how you feel in that role as part of what your role is.
1: Yeah, I think because um, that that progression is is something that's been in place since forever, right? Like you come out of uni, you're a junior, midweight, senior director, or associate director and then so on and so forth and, and I think in much the same way that even two three years ago we thought that in order for someone to be productive they have to be in the studio or they have to be in the office five days a week and if you're part-time then you're there's almost it's almost a derogatory term right to be part-time or you know if you're going to be working from home then you're dosing, and whilst everyone else is in the office and and that's shifted, right? So we're now in this world where hybrid is, is normal and having flexibility is, is absolutely critical. And I think there's almost a similar shift that needs to take place with job titles and, 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 and what's expected. I think this linear progression of junior all the way up to director is an old way. And I think, you know, you could, you could have the, capability and experience and skill set of a creative director but you still want to be on the tools and you want to be a creative in the in the in every sense right you you still want to create as opposed to i'm now a creative director and i'm so far away from the tools i'm just looking at work and overseeing and spending all of my time in meetings and checking the resources right um, and both those are those job titles even the right description for what those Functions are. It's the same job title, but two very different um, ways to, to to execute on that. And so, I think it's almost a case of, you know, how do you add variety to accommodate all of these various different ways of progression without making it so complicated that there's a million and one rules or million and one roles, and no one really knows what any you know, what anyone's level or experience is because we've just made this. So I don't know, It's I don't have the solutions. I just raise problems and make people aware of them <laughs> and then walk out.
3: I completely agree. I feel like design director has become a kind of catch-all for that certain level. And I think when you go to different agencies, that role is vastly different. So the design directors at JKR, for example, don't design at all. They um, put together presentations, they manage resource, they are in effect almost a creative director at another agency um, and I think it's interesting in terms of hierarchies like so JKR has four creative directors for 175 people in the London office whereas you speak to other agencies where there's four creative directors for 40 people and I think each studio has different hierarchies and different levels which means that this design director role just shifts into whatever position they need in that agency and then it makes it really hard to know what your kind of getting into in certain respect in that different role in a different agency and I think it's vastly different across them all and um, yeah just kind of use it as a bit of a, a catch-all I think.
0: <laughs> yeah just to push back on your point G, I think there's already a lot of confusion and um, people are kind of flailing around about that, that job title as it is so if we add more job titles into the mix are we adding more uh, more layers of confusion? I feel like expectations already vary so much from agency to agency. All of a sudden, people find themselves off the tools. Um, so, are we just going to add more chaos to an already chaotic job market?
1: Maybe, and not even going through the um, down the road of that's exactly what we should do. But I think it's it's. Um, It's certainly one that's worthy of consideration and and thought because, you know, Maisie, as you said, a design director can mean so many different things to so many different agencies, the expectation levels and what you're actually doing in that role, um, and then the gap between that and a a CD, you know. Um, So I think it's it's almost one where is there almost some kind of, it's just clarity in the in, in the role right if you know just being really really tight and clear that a creative director in this agency does this this and this um and and i think i think for for people um especially juniors it's good for them to know what that means so you know at agency x are oh, that's what a junior is expected to do and that's what a midway is expected to do and a senior so i can see what my career progression would be at would be like at an agency like that um but i think there's so perhaps we're not that clear on what the expectations are and that we 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 shift and do what we need to and in your role almost becomes whatever we think of it in 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 the moment but i think that clarity is really important and that comes down to the way that job descriptions are written comes down to clarity in interviews just so that people are clear and and clarity as well when you're getting performance reviews like, this is what is required at this level. Is that even something that you want? And if it's not, then how do we help you um, progress? Because I think sometimes a business can be very fixed on well, that's it here, and if you don't like it, Scarpa. Um, but that, that's no reason why that person still can't add value, they just don't wanna do it in that traditional linear way. I think I think it's more about that than adding more roles.
0: I think people want that job title that we know as creative director or managing director. Um, and Maisie, you mentioned the kind of ego boost of updating your LinkedIn status. Kim, you opted out essentially. Can I, can I be so bold as to say you opted out? You kind of did that big LinkedIn reveal and then I guess changed your mind. Um, can you just chat about that decision a little bit?
2: Yeah. I mean, to a degree, obviously I think, um, Just for context, so we are creative, but very video focused and production at its heart. So we actually only have one creative director and he works on, we're not, you know, a big company, but we work with brands and we work with agencies. And so I've actually taken lots of different roles throughout the whole company over the last 12 years. I've been involved in creative, I've been involved in pitching, I've been involved in sales, production, like all of it. Yes, I opted out of the company director side, but I mean, again, after seven years, so it was, it was like, it was time. Um, but it allowed me to get more into the business, closer to the clients again, um, more involved in the projects themselves, which made me much happier. And so, again, com- company director, it, it, because we're not a huge company, it's different. Like you said, G, it's, these roles are different in different places so in the context of ours yes I was a company director but and yes I was involved in um you know all the like financial all of that stuff but it wasn't for you know WPP or you know like these or huge agencies and stuff so I'm I'm just very fluid with it all I've been part of this company for a long time and I do love it job titles in the context of us I I yeah, it's tricky to, to know kind of exactly what it represents and what it means. But I know what I'm doing. It's just, it's an outside world kind of, how do they perceive you? How do you feel yourself? There's two do you parts you think it would it. make
3: it hard if you were looking for a different job? Because that's the other thing to all of this, is the more confusing job titles get, the harder it is to know when you're transferring across, if yeah. you're transferring level or, you know... <laughs>
2: I, I think fundamentally that is for people almost the crux of it. I'm a bit of a weird case because I've been where I am for twelve years.
0: Have you can I ask him, have you been tempted to to get back on the ladder to to push back up to that m d role it must it must be tempting at times is is there a bit of having to keep your ego in check almost
2: so I so I've never been MD of the company, but the expectation about eight years ago was that was what my career progression would be and I pushed back on it and I the whole time, much to the kind of not disappointment but maybe like lack of it, like people just thought, well, you know that's what you should be doing but I just knew it wouldn't make me happy and I wanted to i I prefer to work by myself (laughs) i i feel like i'm good at managing people but i don't always love it um so right now because i'm supporting in the head of production role for a number of reasons within the company which is a short-term thing i'm finding myself going oh maybe i could do this again and that's where my ego is kind of going oh, I'm managing a team and I'm a bit more out there. And, you know, and actually I'm like, no, I know in a few months I'm going to be stressed out to my eyeballs and wanting to do the, you know, wanting to work on email campaigns and do things that are quite sort of solo. We have a new MD now and he's brilliant. And I want to kind of have him as a leader. And then I do my thing and then I report into him to make sure that we're on the right path, you know, I don't need to be him. I want to be supporting him, and I'm actually really okay with that because that gives me the day to day that I want.
0: Yeah, and I totally. And I think there's um, the experience that I'm hearing from from people is that someone gets to the top of their skill set, and then they get pushed. Into management for lots of reasons we've talked about here, lack of those other roles, uh, wanting to have that career progression, looking across to their peer that's oh my god they're already a creative director and they're twenty five, so people get pushed into management and sometimes that really works and sometimes it really doesn't. So I'm gonna I want to talk about what makes a good manager and what makes a bad manager. Uh, let's start with the optimistic, shall we? So people are saying on on Insta. People that are supportive, approachable, don't steal the good opportunities for themselves. So I'm I'm hearing kind of like selfless in that. Having people, people skills and being empathic, building a friendship, knowing when to get involved and knowing when to step back. So it'd be cool to hear what you all think are the qualities in a really good manager, if that's things you aim for yourself or you've seen, and some examples of, of great management
1: you've seen. By no means would I say that i'm a great manager i argue that a lot of the time not really even a good one but um the certainly what i think makes a, a really great manager is is a lot of what you said katie i think it's um being good at your job isn't isn't the kind of prerequisite to you being a great manager i think a great manager is someone who's prepared to kind of step back and oversee the team and, and and really looks to kind of just add value in the right way at the right times in the right places, and I think it's very much a case of being able to almost kind of not have so much on your plate that you can afford the time to go. Hey, how's this going? What do you need? Why don't you talk me through this? Um, have you thought about this? Or you know, what are you struggling with? What are you enjoying? And I think a lot of the times, like management uh feels like oh i've got to come in and fix the thing sometimes management is just i'm just here for you to bounce ideas off there's no judgment i'm just a a set of ears and a brain just to just chuck some stuff like you know it, some of it will be good some of it will be bad but sometimes you just need someone to bounce the ideas off um and i think management is is For me, good management is less about just telling people what to do. um, And more about allowing people the opportunity to feel safe in all the things that they want to try to do, keeping them kind of focused on what does the client need? And what's the objective, but giving them the space, the breathing room, and the breathing space to go, I tried to play with this, it didn't quite work. Um, so then I moved on to this like that's great that's great actually let's go back to that thing that didn't quite work I think this little bit is is really interesting that for me is what a great manager in in our world of creativity is all about less about just telling people what to do and dictating because you've got a fixed idea and a fixed vision those type of managers do my head in that they've got a fixed idea and they're just ordering and bossing their teams to make it that way I think you've got to be open to the fact that whilst you've got more experience and you can see where this is going, you need to allow people themselves to fail so that they can also learn and progress. Um, and that's the best way when people learn, they learn better when, when, sorry, when people fail, they learn better.
3: Yeah. I think to that point, like the best managers I've had are the ones that give you the the safety and the confidence to be able to put the weirdest stuff down or to feel like you say, comfortable in that not everything you do is going to be spot on. Um, and the other best managers I've had are the ones that have that adaptability to allow you to work in the way that suits you best. Um, certain, certain directors will say, you know, you must sketch or you must work in this way or, you, you know, you have to do it in the way that we're used to doing. So move boards or whatever, what is it, whatever direction they feel most comfortable with. Um, but the ones that are really great are the ones that can have a team of three different people, each one tackling a brief in the way that suits them and somehow be able to turn that into a kind of cohesive project and lead it forward. Um, and they're the ones that I really respect and kind of want to learn most from. But yeah, I think not, not taking over is a big one. And I think that's where it becomes difficult when um, the directors are kind of designing alongside say juniors or, or midway. I've had it quite a lot um, during my journey where if you're not getting somewhere fast enough as a junior, they'll kind of take it over and, and turn that into their own, thing um and I think obviously it's a luxury of time which we never have in this industry um but I think <laughs> allowing that space and allowing and allowing these people to develop in their own way will get to much better designers yeah and that's they're the kind of people that I want to be more like
2: yeah I relate a lot of I've got a five-year-old daughter and I relate a lot of kind of just everything to my interactions with her and the other day she was making cupcakes, which was supposed to be <laughs> unicorns. And I was looking at them like, oh my gosh, like they just every part of me just wanted to go in and actually make them look like unicorns. And, you know, because I, even though I'm not a creative in a just traditional sense, and I was just like, I, I can make these look so good. And I was like, what am I doing? No, I just, just <laughs> let her get on with it. She's having a great time. Obviously, you know, she's not working and being paid for this. But she did. She just did a, a brilliant job, and it was yes, it was patience on my part. It was pulling myself mm-hmm. back to not interfere, let her get on with it. And she, and, you know, and and they're a bit scary, but it was <laughs> like they're fun, and, and it was just. You know, I I really believe I was never like, oh, you must colour in the lines, and you know, da da da. da. She just, I just give her the space to just do, and I think that if you're able to create a safe, you know, she, you know, she can ask me questions or how do I do this, mommy, or blah, 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 And I think that if you've got, not that you have to be a mother or father figure to your team, but if you create an environment where they feel free to, yes, be creative, but also understand the structure of, you know, yeah, when things have to be delivered by and, you know, you kind of, you just sort of, I just look after them, basically. Like, give mm-hmm. them the space to um to be creative and to to get to the great work by themselves um which like you said mosey you know luxury of time all of this and budgets and everything is not always possible but you need to have an these creative industries you need to have enough of that space as as a manager to allow your teams to do that and make scary unicorns
3: (laughs) that's it's when you've got a day to go and the unicorns still look scary
2: yeah
0: that's such a good comparison though um I just want to shout out there's a really good series happening on if you could jobs at the moment which is the managers that shaped us and we often hear the really bad story so if anyone wants a little bit of uplifting um little uplifting moment then that's a great one just before we segue into a super dark part of the creative industry which is bad management sadly I think everyone has experienced it I have had to seriously edit uh, things that I've seen in my DMs about bad management to kind of focus more on the work. Otherwise, I think we could go way off tangent. So controlling or micromanaging, which is something that you kind of chatted about, Maisie. Being afraid of the level above them. So maybe being afraid of directors or senior management. So a good example is a DD having some kind of fear or an odd relationship with their creative director. Uh, Not having an opinion uh which is i guess quite a big part of the the job always too busy rescheduling meetings rescheduling progression one-to-ones and ego uh so i guess there's a lot but if everyone could choose maybe one quality that they hate to see the most in management or would hate to find themselves acting
1: ego gotta go with the ego one um I can't stand it, just I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it, it's it's a really detestable quality, like this, this belief that you are better than everyone else or that your agency is better than every other agency or that, you know, this person is no good and you've set that as, forever they are and, and never any good right and i don't ever want to work with them or I, you know i don't respect them or so on and so forth just we're fortunate enough to be in in a creative industry and by its very nature creativity is collaborative right you, you get to rich ideas and um, really interesting spaces the more people that you can bring in and the more perspectives that you can have and ego is such an insular thing it, it just it really just makes people just Go away from you and not want to spend time with you, not want to talk to you, and so yeah. The, the instances where I've seen ego are only to the detriment of themselves and and to their teams. Like people don't want to work with them, people fear them, people don't respect them. Like they may be afraid of them, but they they don't respect them and and they wouldn't you know speak favorably of them in private. Um, and so ego for me is oh. Can't stand it. Can't stand
3: it. I think I'd go for I think it overlaps, but I think um a lack of trust in the people below or maybe above you, um, depending on your level. I think the worst projects I've been on um are the ones where you're working with two people, each with different visions of where the project's going to end up, and neither one will trust the other one's vision. Um and I think when you're yo-yoing between two more senior people trying to please them both I think you end up with a, a mashup up of, of all sorts and I think um I think it does come from the top I think it's the the highest person then trusting the person below them to direct their team um would be the way I'd see it and and on that point the then having the team below them that trusts them to come up with the good ideas um but I think that comes into ego as well as the person kind of feeling like only their vision is the way forward and can't kind of get blinkered by that and don't see the good in in other parts of the work and they're the ones that I the projects I struggle with most and the managers
2: trying to think back to some of them but micromanagement definitely stands out and I think that Maisie like to your point as well like if you don't trust micromanagement is a result of not trusting and if you as an individual in your role feel like you're being micromanaged then it just you kind of eventually will just hold your hands up and go, okay, you do it, you know? Um, I know I have. And I've also caught myself micromanaging um, as a manager and kind of gone, oh, okay, wait a sec. <laughs> like, I do need to just like let, let them get on with it. And I think that it's, as a manager, you just have to just constantly reflect, constantly check, check in on yourself and how you're, you know, treating people. You'll never know exactly what they what they think of you you don't all have to be best friends like that's the thing I think it's hard sometimes and I just want to please everyone all the time and actually that's not necessarily what a great manager does they they're approachable they you know they they give you they make you feel safe but they don't have to be your best best buddy um they need to be your manager (laughs) so I think that yeah I kind of went on a bit of a tangent but like managers that micro, micromanage things, obviously, you know, there's no trust. So that needs to be something that they look at. And as a manager, you have to just constantly reflect on how you're behaving with people. And, you know, kind of ask yourself, like, is that how I would like to be managed? You know,
0: I am just gonna just pick up on something. So I've had a lot of stories from people about kind of fear of forgetting their main skill. So let's say you've been pushed up the ladder you're on the conveyor belt you' you're four or five years in and you're like, oh everyone's making 3d or I don't know this new program or when was the last time I sat down and actually practiced my craft um, that fear of forgetting or losing touch and I think they well I had a couple of stories which were about they're kind of reaching back down to get more involved but not necessarily giving up their title of director. So I guess what what do we think should happen in that scenario? If you feel like you're, you're missing your craft, are you allowed to get back involved or does that just make you a terrible manager because all of a sudden you're right in the middle of what your team's trying to do? Or do you kind of climb back down the ladder to, to join them?
3: I think J.K.R. do this in an interesting way, um, in that they so they have a creative director who now takes on the role of um, design partner. And again, it comes down to job titles, doesn't it? But um, they kind of did this sidestep and are now looking to create this new job role that is design partner, um, which is where you're still doing your craft, but it's almost the next step up from a senior. So you feel like you're still involved in that way. Um, and they've not really they've, there's one person at the minute with that job title. Um and they're looking to see whether it is kind of viable. I think the challenge with all of this um, comes down to salary expectations and um, progression in that sense as well, because we've talked a lot about progression in terms of titles and in terms of success, um, in terms of creating great work. But, you know, salary is another one that, you know, we've all got to have a salary at the end of the day. And you do really want that to necessarily like tend to go up. <laughs> Um, so how, how that transitions, and obviously I have no idea what this person's salary is because no one talks about salaries, but um, I'd, I'd be interested to know how that role would differ in terms of a salary to the design director role and whether they would be level or whether a design director would maybe have more because they're taking on more responsibility in terms of the managerial sense. Um, yeah, it kind of opens a whole new kind of worms.
1: <laughs> I think it's probably um... – much to like the point we were talking about earlier around do you need different job titles to reflect, you know, non-linear career progression paths. And, you know, you're talking, Maisie, about JKR and and design partner. Um, I think it's probably another one of those things that, you know, do you keep the role structure that we've got in place, but you are more flexible within a business where you can go, there are actually two types of creative director. One that is very much about the management of teams and winning new business. And one that is creative director in the fuller sense of, is more senior than the design director, but is very much about the craft and is about the tools and perhaps is less so about managing teams per se from a career progression and and more manages the creative direction of a project. I think it's probably, just something as that like you keep those job titles but you're very very clear that you know not everyone wants to be a manager of people and nor should everyone be a manager of people but you know because you've been in the industry for x amount of years you are of that level of seniority where we should probably make you a creative director or a design director but i think it's about being more nuanced around you know there are multiple ways to be a creative director um, and or a design director whether that would work in reality I, I don't know i'm a strategist so i'm just making stuff up about designers that i know very little about so
0: sound like a manager yeah. to me
1: <laughs> create, create more problems than solutions hey
0: i just we, let's chat a bit about the people in the middle the people that are on that bridge, the poor people like Maisie in the trenches, (laughs) on the tools, also expected to demonstrate the skills to become a manager. We're losing a lot of people to that gap in the creative industries. People are kind of tapping out, burning out, because I think those roles in the middle are so loaded. How can you learn to be a good manager? Maybe let's say outside of your Outside of your day job, let's assume between nine to five or nine to six, six, seven, you know what it's like here. And we're just focusing on our craft in the day. What other things can you do to become a really good manager, the type of manager we all want to be?
2: Have a five-year-old <laughs> and work out <laughs> on earth to get them to do anything you want. Um <clears throat> I think amazing. I mean, do you like, obviously, like like Casey said, you're, you're in that space at the moment, like, do you want to, what do you want? Like, what, what is career progression for you? Like, G you said, you know, being a creative, actually, you know, say you've just been in the industry for 20 plus years, doesn't mean that you instantly are going to be a great manager. If anything, you need to maybe be looked after in that space forever. So what do you want to do?
3: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I, I, personally feel um as though my qualities are better placed in terms of the the managerial side rather than the design side um and I love mentoring graduates I love setting up placement programs I love um listening to more junior members of my team and seeing what they enjoy doing and I and I love leading projects in that sense I think for me personally I, I wouldn't mind stopping design which also feels like a taboo Topic and I think people who love the craft and love design can see that as quite a, a negative um, quality and and I think it's an interesting one because it is the direction a lot of people go down but but there's not that two streams as you climb up um, and you almost have to become a master of the design and the master of managerial side and then transition across um, and yeah so I think for me personally uh, it's a role that I'm looking forward to moving into and and learning more about and seeing how I can progress that but it does feel yeah like I shouldn't feel that way like I should want to love the design and and win
2: all these pencils <laughs> that's fundamentally the problem like you said oh giving up design feels like a bad thing well I would actually jump at you saying that if you worked with me like I would be like excellent she's got all the skills she got all the understanding doesn't really want to necessarily do it like you know, yeah, on the tours, she wants to manage a team. Amazing. What a gem. Like that is someone that I would just, you know, we've had it with our with our head of production role. Actually, a lot of the head of production people that moved into that role, hence why I'm currently in it, they actually prefer to be producers and they go on set and they miss it and they want to be there, you know, working with the um directors and actually shooting the stuff. Head of production, that's not that role, like I said before. So if I had a producer that said, you know what, I'm kind of done. Like, I, I don't necessarily get my kicks that there. I'd really love to manage a team, but I have the understanding of the processes. I would just, that to me is a very, you know, special person for a company to, to nurture.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, it, it, was, it was put to me, you know, about being a head of strategy. And I have absolute respect for the role but is that necessarily what I wanted? Not really. Cause I feel, um, whilst I'm a strategist at heart and that's the way that my brain is wired and that's the way that I operate. And that's what I've been doing for the last few years. Um, not that strategy is, is a bad thing and that I didn't want to just be head of strategy. It's not that it's, it's that I wanted to try other things. I wanted to do other things as well. Um, And I think this is where we spoke earlier about a good manager versus a bad manager. And I think a good manager is one that can spot within their team the strengths and preferences of each of those individuals and has the ability to afford or can afford them the opportunity to maximize those strengths or explore those strengths. And it doesn't necessarily need to be this traditional linear path that we've we've spoken about. Um, and then where you can give those opportunities, you know, for example, yourself may just like, look, in actual fact, I'd actually like to diminish my time on the tools and spend more time actually mentoring and managing the designers that you should be able to have a conversation about that. And and the business should be able to see, actually you'd be great at this. How can we, how can we facilitate that? And someone else who's at the same level of you as you may not have that desire. It was like, actually, I want to, I want to just, keep focusing on the craft and the tools. And that's what I love. And in actual fact, if I could manage fewer people or not manage anyone at all, then could we make that possible? And I think that's where, you know, we talk a lot about creativity and flexible identity systems, our processes, and the way in which we structure our businesses and to enable people to grow needs to be more flexible as well, I think. And I've been rather fortunate. I I say that from experience because the role that I have now didn't exist But I'm at a place at Re where the leadership team were very comfortable and very happy for us to explore this role and give me the freedom Mm -hmm. and autonomy um, to try because it didn't exist before. So I speak from a privileged position, but I do think communication is very important where you can you can chat to your managers about where your strengths lie, what value you can add to the business and how you want your career progression to go.
0: Amazing. I don't know if I heard that correctly, but it sounded like two job offers to me, Maisie, that you just received to <laughs> move into management in two different <laughs> The other thing that I would just add is if you're listening to this episode and you're one of those people, let us know. Um, reach out and say what kind of support you need. Similarly, if you are running training or mentoring or schemes that are helping gear people up, to move into that role um then share those too but i think i'm not sure if we've answered anything here today as usual on nda i think just more questions but it's been a really really good discussion so thank you so much everyone i think we'll we'll wrap there um and yeah appreciate really appreciate you coming on
1: thank you katie thanks katie thanks guys
3: thank you You've hit
0: the end of the episode, so thanks for sticking around. I'm going to do some of that classic podcasting stuff now. I'm going to ask you to hit subscribe wherever you listen to us. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Leave your own opinion on the topic. If you want to suggest some topics for season two, the best place to do that is over on our socials. We're at the NDA podcast on Twitter and Insta. But more importantly, if you want to be involved or know someone who would be really good, just jump into our DMs. Recommend people who are trying really hard to kind of build a really diverse guest list for, for season two. So uh, massive thanks to Jamie L. and Toby McLaren for the soundtrack. As always, a note on accessibility. It doesn't cost anything to be a guest on NDA, no equipment costs, no travel costs, and everything's being uploaded to YouTube with closed captions, so if you need that, that's there. But if there's anything else we can do, please just let me know. My thanks to Katie from Creative Boom, James from Be Heard, for sharing all their wisdom to get to this point. I'm Katie Cadwell. This is NDA. Catch ya.